When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download and use promo code DNVR, you can make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's with promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast, we'll catch you up with Drew Goodman as we do each and every week, talk about the state of the Rockies as it were right now, and a fun conversation I had with him at the ballpark, actually, in uh, in one of the special offices that are just next to the, the broadcasting booth in the 200 level, so that was kind of uh, neat seeing the inner workings of Coors Field in a way that actually hadn't. Uh, thought I'd, I'd been through most of the nooks and crannies and the corners of that building, but there uh, there was a couple new ones uh, there for me. Uh, that was kind of a, a neat little thing to catch up on. Do want to talk briefly about Wednesday's game? That being, of course, a 10-6 victory by the Rockies over the Padres. Robert Stevenson gets the win. Taylor Scott gets the loss. What a comeback. Two different comebacks down 3-0 and then 6-3. They end up coming back. It uh, was a great uh, comeback, uh, as I said, of at least three runs. It's only the second time this season. Recorded a season-high 18 hits. In fact, they're most in over a year, May 1st of last season at Arizona. And they're most at home since 2019 against the same San Diego Padres. Before we get to the the man of the game, our DraftKings Sportsbook king of the game, as it were, the manager of the game, Bud Black, or maybe the manager of the game was actually Mike Redmond, the bench coach who took over for, for Bud Black, who was ejected in the bottom of the sixth. A uh, little bit of a, a base running snafu there between Diaz and Nola. Did not like the call by home plate ump Malachi Moore. Boom, got tossed his 33rd career ejection. Overall, uh, only eighth time as a Rockies manager. His first since April 14th, 2021. I tweeted out that it was last September, might have been September 11th, 2021, the last time any Rocky was even ejected from a game. That was Ryan El Tapia. Chad Cool allowed three runs on seven hits with four walks and two strikeouts across four and two-thirds innings pitched. AT&T Sports Debt made a nice story about something that Chad Cool and Lucas Gilbert collaborated on. I actually wrote about that earlier in the day on Wednesday. Check that out over at the DNVR Com. Chad Cool after that complete game, three-hit shutout of the Los Angeles Dodgers the first time single pitcher had done that against the Dodgers at Coors Field. Well, everyone was looking at him for answers. Everyone was looking at him in a superstitious way. What did he do differently that maybe they can do? And, well, 
that led to something very interesting that now everyone in that Rockies clubhouse has in their locker. Sam Hilliard back in his second game, two games in a row starting. Got to like what you're seeing out of him so far. As he said, nothing to lose. Well, had three hits, a season high on Wednesday night, including the go-ahead RBI in the seventh. So he uh, has been really fantastic since he's been uh, called back up. Broken 0 for 20 slump the other day on Tuesday with that hit. But uh, the man of the day, of course, Jose Iglesias went three for five with a career high six RBI. Actually, is only the third shortstop in franchise history to ever record at least six RBI or more in a game as a shortstop. Joining, of course, Trevor Story and Troy Tulowitzki, who only did it twice. I was surprised about that. Also joined Story as the only Rockies player to record at least six RBI while batting second in the order. Obviously a lot harder to do when uh, there aren't a ton of guys getting on base ahead of you. The leadoff hitter is, sure, if you're batting second, but eighth and ninth hitter, not as good. And in the days of Trevor Story and, and more so in Troy Tulowitzki, there was a pitcher batting ninth. So you even had less opportunities to do that if you're batting second in that lineup. Did hit a game-tying three-run home run there in the sixth inning. Got all of it, knew it right away. He was pumped. That was his third home run of the season. Really great to see him finding his stroke and stepping up again. Chris Bryant out on the paternity list. I think the Twins were born. They're okay. Don't know the names yet, but more importantly than anything else, they are safe and sound. And so we know Hilliard's coming up, taking a spot in left field. But what about in the lineup? Jose Iglesias has stepped in there, batting second in a really, really nice way. We'll talk more about this on Thursday's post-game show with Susie Hunter. Make sure you are watching or at least following us along on Twitter so you know when we go live after Thursday's day game. We'll be live, of course, on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. So without further ado, let's kick it into our conversation or my conversation with Drew Goodman of AT&T Sportsnet. Joining me today, as he does each and every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet and host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman here up at Coors Field. We're, we're taking this show on the road, aren't we? I don't know. Well, uh, is that on the road? Because you and I are both here on a uh, daily basis when the Rockies are in town. So it's a little different. We're upstairs, kind of down the, down the street from from our little broadcast booth, and uh, it's good to do it, do it somewhere different. Yeah, we're in the same place at the same time. It's rare that we can be in studio. Our studio is being worked on right now at the moment. So this uh, definitely is the next best thing, getting a chance to see some uh, some of the back rooms here, the back offices at uh, Coors Field. Yeah, as long as we don't get kicked out, we're going to be good. That's it. Well, we, we, we fixed the situation here before we started recording. So uh, they, they owe us one. Now, since we last spoke, the, the – all-Star team was uh, announced, at least the original selections. Uh, I think we both kind of agreed that maybe Chrome was going to sneak in and it wasn't going to be barred. So not not much of a surprise there, was it? I, I, it had to be one of those two, right? Um, and, and hopefully with you know guys who have to back out because of injury, that sort of thing, that, that Bard still makes it. Um, uh, I think he's had an All-Star first half. That's how I look at it. C.J. Crowley had an all-star first half. He's very deserving. There are guys that are deserving sometimes to get snubbed, and that's the time of year that we're in. Uh, in the case of Daniel Bard, I don't think anybody's going to cause a ruckus, uh, but he's got 17, I believe 17, maybe 18 saves now. Uh, but more importantly than that, I mean, he's been outstanding. And so he, too, has had an all-star first half. And, and I just feel... 
because of his story and because we know him, I, I'd love to see it happen for him. And, you know, this, this week's always interesting because there are guys, uh, you know, who lead leading up to the all-star game and get nicked and, and have to back out. And so, you know, if that happens, I think he'd be toward the top of the list of guys that will replace somebody out of the bullpen. But he did say before uh, one of the games, I believe it must have been on Monday, that he was in the discussion. Like he was one of those guys, again, you know, with only having one representation or one representative, um, something like that's that's going to happen. But he was definitely on the cusp. And again, just, just a great story overall. Um, you know, probably would have been an all-star in 2020, you know, if there was an all-star season there. Obviously, you can't go back on that. But with CJ Crone being as good as he's been, since even the last All-Star break, I, I went through the numbers and to try to put it in a different context, most RBI since the last All-Star break, he had 123 going into this Padres series. So, I mean, that's what you want out of a first baseman, a run producer in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I feel bad for him that he got hit. And, and he's, you know, as we uh, tape this tonight, he's out of the lineup again. He, he tried to get back in there yesterday. You you and I both know he hates missing time. He wants to be in there every day. I have great respect for guys that, that post up every day. Uh, he, he goes about his business in, in such a quiet, professional way. And, you know, assuming he quickly returns to health with the, with the wrist, I mean, he has a chance to hit 40 homers and drive in 120 plus. And by any measurement, I know we're not as into the counting statistics as we once were. I'm sorry. You hit 40 jacks and driving 120, that's one heck of a year. Yeah, we didn't even see a 30-home run season out of Iraqi in 2021, so that's a, it's a pretty big bump up. This was something, uh, one of the, the spreadsheets, one of the many spreadsheets uh, I like to make up. Went through and looked and found the oldest Rocky to ever make their first All-Star Game appearance. C.J. Crone, 32 years old. I think Bichette might have been 30, a couple other guys 30, but Crone, the oldest, uh, the first-timer. It's pretty cool. You know, that you would be someone that I would pick, Mark Stout, Doug Marino, to think, hey, who's the oldest first-time All-Star for the Rockies? So good for you for digging that up. So C.J.'s, CJ's the oldest first-timer. I guess it's been basically nine years in the big leagues to make it, and it's tremendous. It's tremendous. And most importantly, I kind of went off on this uh, the other day. I, I think I did it on the, on television, actually. I don't want to say go off, but I'm a, if they went back and said, we're only going to select deserving players, we're not going to guarantee that every team gets a player, I wouldn't be up in arms about that. The fact that every team gets a player, okay, fine. It's not like I'm up in arms about the fact that they've done it that way for years and years. But by the same token, you could have that season where a team is not doing well and, you know, their best player has, you know, pedestrian type numbers, but we're, he's the best of the bunch. So therefore he goes to the all-star game. And I, I don't think that's necessary. And so that's why I keep coming back to, in the case of CJ Crone and in the case of Daniel Bard, they are most deserving, even though the Rockies record is not great. And Bard would have Bard would have eclipsed uh, Crone there as as thirty six year old he would have done that. Kadir was a thirty four year old rookie, but uh, he had done it earlier uh, with the Twins. You know, you mentioned that being deserving and and representing the team. The thing that was really frustrating last year with the the All Star Game, set aside the uniform, we understand the supply chain, all that other jazz, was that during the game players weren't wearing their team's uniform. So when fans you know turn the television on. 
the hardcores know who they're looking at. But if you're not a hardcore and you're just trying to get into it and saying, hey, I want to see this crone guy, you might not know who he looks who he looks like or, or what he looks like and, and, and uh, you're not going to be able to identify him by his uniform because he's wearing a generic American League, National League with maybe a slight alteration on the logo. I'm hoping that he can get back to that. I know that'll be the case this year in L.A. where they're going to wear so, – like I think the, uh, the American League team has like a Navy home team. Uh, the National League is going to be in white with gold lettering. So you're not going to be able to to see the logos jump out and the different colors from the teams. I'm hoping they get back to that. Was that something that you noticed last year that much? And yeah, I didn't, thought it was missing. Yeah, I didn't, Patrick. I didn't love the unis last year, and I and I do think there's a pride that each player takes uh, with again the, the cliche, the name on the front of their jersey, and that they're representing the Colorado Rockies in the case of C.J. Crone or. or you know, Aaron Judge is representing the New York Yankees. And I do think in a sport that that needs to continue to market their individuals, uh, it, it helps identify guys if you can go, oh, wait, I know there's a couple of Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's that guy. Or I know there's a Rocky. Oh, that must be C.J. Crone. So I'm with you. I, I think there's a way to, uh, you know, I, I think there's a way to incorporate where they, you know, what team they play for within the framework of the all-star um, uniforms and, and the, the pageantry of the all-star game. Yeah, that, that's one thing that did need fixing. I, I almost think of it like a, a Google search. Like you can be too broad on your search if you're not looking at the right thing. So how many fans out there actually know the name Shohei Otani? They might not legitimately know what team he plays for and they just see him in the All-Star game. Well, that might be a missed opportunity to create a new Angels fan or maybe to sell a, another shirt or something yeah. like that. So I, I'm hoping that's something that they can fix. I know Nike's, they're, they're trying a lot of different things. And uh, so I, I applaud them for trying. I just don't know if they got that one right necessarily. Yeah, listen, I always fall back on first the old Clint Hurdle line. You know, they're paid right now to first guess, and it's really easy for everyone else to be critical if we think they they swing and miss or that sort of thing. Uh, Nike's really good at at what they do, and they're really good at creating a brand, as we know. And so I would not bet against them ultimately getting it right, whatever right is, but to, to begin to properly promote the game, the players, the stars. And uh, so, let, you know, we'll sit back and, and evaluate it, uh, you know, not just this year, but in the coming years. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather they try something than, than try nothing. So I'm, I, I'm for that. I'll, I'll give them a pass, so to speak, to a degree. Remember that when you sign up for a membership to the DNVR.com, now only 50 cents for your first month, you're going to get access to all kinds of great articles, Nuggets, Avs, Broncos, everything we do for the Rockies. That story about the Crocs. Yes, Rocks in Crocs. Did write about that. Caught up with Chad Cool and Lucas Gilbreth before Tuesday's game. Noticed, hey, there's something different right now in the clubhouse. There's a buzz. Everyone's a little bit hyped. What's going on with that? So I talked with them, wrote about that. You get that with your membership as well as access to the members-only Discord where you've got all kinds of different channels to talk about different things that you may like and be interested in it's never politics it's never a-holes it's fantastic allows you to keep tabs and get in touch with everyone in our community and once the bar is back and running of course you know you get that member size beer at the dnvr or a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com with your annual membership 
Ivaca TV, Ivaca.tv slash DNVR is where you need to head to make sure you get the Rockies all summer long on AT&T Sportsnet. We know Nuggets and Avs, geez, they're going to be playing games in no time. We know they got their preseason games coming up even sooner than that. But you will get Altitude Sports, yes, for the first time in what seems like forever. You get that on Evoca TV up and down the Rocky Mountain region. If you know someone that loves their Colorado sports, and that could even include the Rapids, Mammoth, CSU Rams, and Denver Pioneers, make sure you head over to Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Zero hidden fees or contracts. It's literally just $25 per month plus a receiver, and your price gets locked in for two years, and you never have to worry again about missing your favorite teams or even us on the DNVR Sports channel because that's also there and available for you right with the click of your remote. Super convenient. And should also mention, when you use code DNVR on top of that, you will get $10 off your first three months with Evoca TV. Avalanche Ale, still the drink of the season for Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of the Colorado Avalanche. They gave away tickets all playoff season, the entire Stanley Cup run. They were giving away tickets, including to the finals, to the community stars that you nominated out there. Hopefully someone you know and love was selected to get some free swag, free tickets, and of course, the drink of the season, Avalanche Ale. They donated money to Marshall Fire Victims. And just they're doing an amazing job, not only making a quality product, but reaching out and keeping tabs on the community and giving back to you because we know how much you've been supporting them. That's Breckenridge Brewery and their Avalanche Ale. One guy who uh, had a pretty good milestone during this homestand, Jose Iglesias, 1,000 hits. It's, you know, on one hand, you could say it's a lot. On another, you can say, you know, it's not 2,000 hits. It's not 3,000 hits. It's, it's not even 1,500 like we saw Charlie get uh, somewhat recently, but only the 19th Cuban-born player to reach that mark. So that was really good to see. And it was great to see the fans, too, at Coors Field. Give him a little standing ovation. He had a moment there. Uh, almost looked like he was a little bit choked up, too, as he should be because, you know, that's a, it's a pretty big accomplishment for, for him and where he came from. Yeah, getting to know Jose this year has been one of the pleasures of the season for me. He's such a good guy. He really is. And I know you've spent time with him, Patrick. I gave him a hug, uh, you know, this afternoon in the clubhouse, and, and he was excited. He, he, general, you know, he genuinely was moved by the crowd reaction. His close friend Manny Machado walked over and gave him a hug. They work out together in Miami in the offseasons. They live very close to eat one another. And we saw it early this season when he got, you know, oh, I think it was opening day when he got the hit. And, you know, he, it was emotional because it was the first hit he had gotten in the big leagues with his dad uh, no longer being with us. And, uh, you know, a thousand hits. Yeah. Earlier in the year, I tried to give this context uh, last night. Earlier in the year, we celebrated Miguel Cabrera getting 3,000 hits. Miguel Cabrera is slam the gavel down, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to go down as one of the greatest right-handed hitters in the history of the game. 3,000 hits is otherworldly. I have three guys that I work with that I have immense respect for that all played varying lengths of, of significant time in the big leagues, including Jeff Houston, who, was, who got 10 years in a weekend of service time. Jeff didn't get to 1,000 hits, and it's not a knock on, on Jeff. It, it's just to try to give you an idea. Spilly, same thing. Sully, um, it, that's still a lot of a lot of hits. Only 5.9% of the players that have worn a major league uniform, and I, and I understand that some of those are pitchers or good percentage are pitchers, but only 5.9% have ever achieved 
the accomplishment of producing a thousand hits. So he ought to feel great about it. And that is a heck of a milestone. And we should celebrate other milestones, I guess, to your point, rather than just the, the uh, you know, ungodly ones, you know, 500 homers, 3,000 hits. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, everybody should tune in. I don't think, I don't think MLB Network was honing in on Jose Iglesias uh, when he produced his thousandth hit. But for Jose and, and for, uh, you know, his teammates and for guys in the game, especially, they realized, man, that's a big number. I sort of feel like that's what's happening right now with with Charlie Blackman, where we know at the end of the twenty twenty three season he said he's gonna, you know, uh, opt in and and say yeah he's he's gonna come back. Uh, I think at ten million dollars for next season, and you know we don't know what's gonna happen beyond that. We know he's had you know such an amazing career. He just recently had his ten year of of service time. He's reached that, but it seems like. You know, every homestand, every month, you know, there's another new milestone where uh, most triples, uh, you know, he's passing somebody on the doubles. He's now second all time, uh, I think, in hits now for the franchise. And sometimes you you need those reminders. You need to be maybe hit over the over the head to say, yeah, this guy has has really done some things that not not a ton of other players have done in the history of of this franchise. And so there are those reminders, despite of you know maybe the step back he's taken in his career, although. We talked about it last week, how good he's been this year. You've, you've got to be very good for a very long amount of time just to even get to this point. So all these celebrations for Charlie, I think, are more than deserving and I, I think really highlights how great of a career, how long of a career he's had and how important he's been to the franchise. Retire number 19, I think that's something that, that may need to happen at some point here in the near future. I, I think now the, the Rockies are in the midst of their 30th season. And I would like to see them have a, uh, a a team hall of fame, hall of honor, whatever you want to call it. A- and yeah, you're going to have the select few that have their number retired, like like Helton, like Walker. And I and I believe in being really judicious in how you make that ultimate decision. Because you don't want it to be, you don't want it to take away from guys like Helton and Walker. And I'm not suggesting that Charlie may not fall in that category, but I would like to see the Rockies, you know, now with McGregor uh, Square and, uh, and and now that you have a substantive period that you've been in major league baseball you do have some guys that maybe land in the hall of honor maybe just short of having their number retired maybe it's maybe it's for old you know hall of famers or i who knows i mean but you would certainly have to have a conversation about that and i know for one thing even if they don't retire it when he is done and he may not be done after next year i mean if he puts another year together like he's put together so far this year uh, the rockies you know, maybe very interested in having him back. Charlie may be very interested in continuing his career because he's still a good baseball player. Um, but without meandering too far off what the question was, Tiny, Mike Ponarelli, the clubhouse manager for the Rockies, he ain't giving out 19 whether it's retired or not. Yeah. No, that's that's a, a great point. I mean, we've we've seen that with number five for cargo where no one's using that that number yet so it's kind of keeping it alive 
so to speak, keep, keeping those hopes that it's not just going to go back into rotation like a number nine for, for Vinny, which, again, you, you could take it back out if you want to, you know, retire him. One of the things that uh, could possibly happen with uh, Rockies Hall of Fame is, you know, in general, a, a Colorado baseball Hall of Fame where you acknowledge some of the, the, the greats you know, that have come through this state. Obviously, uh, we're really just talking about Goose Gossage and Roy Halladay, but there's a lot of great baseball. We, we've talked about it plenty of times in the offseason here during this homestand with the Padres. Got to see Taylor Rogers, um, you know, Colorado kid, twin brother, Tyler Rogers of the Giants pitching. And it's it's always it's special to me to to see these guys come back and, you know, play at Coors Field because this was their ballpark that was down the street that they've had so many memories. And I talked with Tyler about it and just seeing his eyes light up. He didn't get to actually pitch in the first series this year. And had no, th- on Monday night, that was his first time pitching at Coors Field because he was with the Twins and the Twins just – don't come to Coors Field. So I love those kind of stories too. And, and I imagine you guys do too. Um, how, how do you cover that on, on AT&T Sportsnet when, when you have those moments? Or, or what, what's your general feeling and take on recognizing these Colorado players here for this Colorado baseball team? I try to be uh, – I'm a huge fan of Colorado baseball, huge fan. And it, it comes from living here for 36 years plus. It also comes from the fact that – all my boys, you know, played high school baseball here and went on to play in college and, and played through all the leagues growing up and travel ball, et cetera. Uh, you know, I, I, I coach still at Arapahoe. Uh, so Colorado baseball is really important to me personally. And it's become that way for Jeff Houston. This is his adopted home. Uh, one of his sons, I mean, they were all athletes, but one of his sons, you know, went to Chaparral, played baseball there, and went and played in college as well. Uh, Spilly, you know, this is kind of his adopted home. Uh, You know, he's heavily involved, Colorado School of Mines. Uh, So we take pride in the fact that Colorado is now turning out a lot of high-level baseball players. It has great respect around the country um, for its amateur baseball. So when the Rogers brothers show up, when a Ty Block shows up, when a Lucas Gilbreth shows up and makes it, um, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck with Boston. There's a lot of them now. I mean, it seems like every team that rolls in has got a Coloradan or two or three sometimes, like the Padres, on their roster or in their midst. And I think it's great, and uh, we always mention it. We talk about, you know, he was a Chatfield Charger. That was something I said last night. And we also rolled the, the footage and – B-roll, if you will, in television terms, of Taylor and Tyler having a catch for the first time on a major league field the other day, and they got they got the okay from their respective organizations, the Padres and the Giants, to play catch a couple hours before the ball game when you know they'd be warming up. And I thought it was great that both organizations didn't find it to be taboo because here's two kids that had never played catch. They played catch all off season. They played catch their entire lives, obviously, but they'd never as big leaguers had a catch because they'd never been on the same team. So we, we ran that and, and rolled that. And that's beautiful, man. That's great. It's awesome. 
That was one of my favorite things from the weekend. I, I typically won't throw a like on Twitter, you know, uh, for anything that's not Rockies, unless it's just it's general baseball stuff. But that was one. Because, again, Colorado connection. Even though there was nothing nothing in the tweet, I think Andrew Baggerly might have been the guy who had it, didn't mention anything about Colorado baseball. Just, hey, two brothers having a game of catch. Yes. More of that. That that's was so fantastic. And I uh, forgot to ask him about that. that that's such a good story. Yeah, I mean, I re- it meant a lot to those guys. It clearly meant a lot to those guys. And I, I know, I, I think I was talking to Taylor about this last time they were in. You know, to play a course field, and you alluded to this, Patrick, it's really meaningful. It's, a, it's, it's important to them. They grew up Rockies fans. This is their hometown team. This is their hometown ballpark. I mean, look at, look at how much pride Kyle Freeland takes in, in being from Denver having been at big games in the past as a fan, hoping one day, as all kids do, that they'd be good enough to play in the big leagues. And and we know that, as I like to say, those guys are needles in a haystack. So I know that there's special pride taken for Coloradans because we're different than Californians or Floridians or, or folks from Texas. Yeah, you got to be great. You got to keep busting your ass to get here but there's a whole lot of folks who've made it from georgia and florida and texas and california uh, by virtue of the size of their state and and geographically where they're located not as much with colorado and i know in talking to guys and i know you know this also because you talk to everybody as well that those guys also take special pride in the other coloradans that have made it not just you know we're talking about the rogers their brothers their blood but you know Believe me, Freeland's proud of the Rogers brothers also. Yeah, that project that he did in the offseason with the 12 baseballs, with the Colorado flag behind it, all 12 guys who had played in the majors in 2021, just such a beautiful piece, and, and, and I love how they were they were able to celebrate that. Yeah, those two guys, those two brothers, very proud. They Both of them mentioned that 2017, that was when they had first gotten their license. And I can remember when I first got my license, wasn't quite as glamorous. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies were not very good in the late 90s, but I can remember I can go to the games by myself. If my dad's working and I'm on my, I'm on my summer break, I'm just going to drive down to the vet and go to a couple games. And for Taylor and Tyler, and I imagine that was also true for Freeland, Gilbreth, Block, all those guys, Coors Field was their place of, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of an adult now, but you know what, I still want to spend my time in and around baseball. It's so beautiful. Yeah, um... And it, and it's neat that this ballpark's really accessible. You and I grew up in the East Coast, and, and you were across the river in Jersey. I grew up in New York, and and I would go to Shea Stadium in particular because we were Mets fans. And but it was still it was process, man. It was an hour drive more or less, and so you know you had to pick your spots in Denver. You know it, it, you can you can get down here. Uh, it's it's more readily available. Uh, to, you know, the kids who live, uh, you know, in the suburban areas. Nuggets fans, you've got to be very hyped right now, especially with all the great coverage the DNVR Nuggets guys have, have done. They went out to Vegas, man. They were covering that summer league like no other beat. It was fantastic. I was jealous. I was impressed. Uh, they, they raised the bar as they always do. And now you can kind of tap into that right on your own mantle, right on your own bookshelf with FOCO. That's right, FOCO. They have got some amazing gear and merchandise for all the Denver sports teams, particularly right now 
and you want to celebrate the Nuggets back-to-back MVP with their newly released Nikola Jokic MVP bobblehead. Again, find your fandom with Foco's other officially licensed Nuggets gear as well. Head over to Foco.com for all non-presale items. All you got to do is use promo code DNVR, and guess what? They're going to give you 10% off your purchase. And while my purchases from Foco are in transit and are on their way to my house, super excited to get some of those City Connect bobbleheads. Our next partner is already in my house. It's in my stomach right now. It's Athletic Greens. It's how I start my day. It's literally one scoop of Athletic Greens, and I'm getting 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, minerals, and adaptogens. And yes, it does taste very, very good. Drink it with some cold water. I'm usually a warm, room temperature kind of guy. The first thing in the morning, actually really fresh, gives me a lot of clarity. It starts my day off the right way. It's become this micro habit before I go off on a run or if it's a weightlifting day, whatever it may be, Athletic Greens is there to help me start my day and feel right and put my gut in a positive way rather than when it's too late and I'm not feeling great, it takes a little bit longer to figure out. Athletic Greens makes sure I start my day off the right way. And it's true. They want to do it for you as well by giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. Why those three letters? Well, it's the first three letters of Rockies. Athleticgreens.com slash ROC is where you need to go to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What are your uh, shifting gears a little bit? Thoughts on the San Diego Padres team? Really good, obviously. Bigger question, are they good enough to take down the Dodgers? Do they have what it takes if you know you replay this season 100 times over? How many times do you think the Padres end up coming out on top? Well, uh, the sport always begins with pitching. Their rotation's about a run better than it was last year. Having Clevenger back, who we're going to see here in a little while, uh, you know, is important for the Padres. You know, you got you Darvish. Uh, they need continued, you know, improvement out of Blake Snell. Uh, Gore's taken on a little bit of water lately, Mackenzie Gore, but he was brilliant the first, whatever it was, six weeks or so of the season. Uh, they're going to have the biggest addition of any team in baseball in the second half. They're going to be trades that you and I are going to talk about. You're going to talk about it every day. You and I will get together, you know, once or so a week, and we'll chat about the trades that have taken place in baseball. There will not be a player who moves that's more impactful than when one Fernando Tatis Jr. comes off the injured list for the San Diego Padres. You got Machado at third, great player. I'm a huge Jay Cronenworth fan. Heck of a player. You get Tatis back, that's huge. And we also have come to realize through the last couple of years in the grand tradition of trader Jack McKeon, A.J. Preller is prone to making a big and gutsy uh, and adventuresome type of move. And I would guess he's looking for, for an additional big bat. I like the Padres a lot. I think the Dodgers have come back to earth a little bit. They're not the 106-win Dodgers of a year ago, though I know they're still on a fabulous pace. Uh, But I like their club better last year. I think they had more pitching depth a year ago. At some point, they're going to get Walker Buehler back. It still goes through L.A. It still will go through L.A. Uh, But I, I like the Padres to tighten things up before this season's done. 
we should get somebody to check on AJ Preller because he hasn't made a trade in like three, four months. I'm, I'm a little concerned. It's, 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 he's long overdue. You're right. The addition of Tatis Jr. is obviously going to be that big piece. And, and listening to Bob Melvin the other day talk to uh, reporters, it, it kind of reminded me like the biggest piece to, to being successful. I mean, this has always been true, but it seems even more so since 2020 and then that shortened season that really threw everything out of whack. You have to have depth. You know, I feel like the the Dodgers and Padres both have like 10 guys on the IL, yet they're still amongst the best teams in the National League. And you just have to have that kind of depth. And Tatis being out, well, that's okay. They can plug in Hassan Kim at shortstop, CJ Abrams, one of their top prospects. And so those guys are getting a bonus playing time to to get that much better for a postseason run. So got to have that depth. It's so huge. Well, I, I know you were probably the only one who had Tony Gonsolin being undefeated at the All-Star break with the lowest ERA in the National League. I mean, come on. It's just like whoever puts on Dodger blue and gets on the mound looks like, you know, an, another Kershaw, another Koufax, another Brad Penny. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and they they deserve credit because whatever they're doing, they're discovering guys. They're sometimes taking reclamation projects and making them – you know, bona fide, really solid to better than solid uh, major league starters. And it is all about pitching depth. It really is. I mean, the Rockies, you know, fingers crossed through two starts. You know, Jose Urania, who's, you know, kicked around since leaving Miami. You know, it looks like maybe the Rockies have found, uh, you know, a, a depth piece in Urania. But that's what it takes because rarely does the first five that you start with in your rotation in April – uh, is it the same come September? We know that. One of the players that the Rockies have gotten back, we're not haven't seen him really yet uh, during the San Diego series because of the paternity list. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, man, he's uh, he's been hot. He's we're starting to see now the guy that's been advertised. Well, really, his six seven years in the majors, he's he's doing what the Rockies are are paying him to do and. Um, it changes some of the dynamics. We saw that in Arizona with that that four-game series win. It's, it was really good to see him kind of click into place maybe a little bit sooner than you would have thought because this is almost spring training 2.0. He's been out for so long, and yet, boom, he's, he's got those three home runs uh, over three days, four home runs since he's been back. It's been it's been really good to see him uh, you know, take that form that has been expected of him. Yeah, I, I think for him, for the club, for, for fans, to see the Chris Bryant that they went out uh, and signed, he truly makes a lineup that much deeper. I mean, now if you have Bryant, you have Blackman around there, you have Crone, you have Rodgers. Now, if you're on the mound, that that's not easy to navigate. And he had four out on the road, and the Rockies have 24 road home runs. So he's barely played, and he has, you know, what is that, 20% of him or 24 of the 24 or whatever it is. One-sixth. Six, uh, it's one-sixth, so 16.7% of the home runs, right? Think about that. And he did it He did it in a week, and it's good to see his bat speed returning, and it's almost as if everybody in the Rocky Mountain region who follows the Rockies go, oh, yeah, that's right. He, he really was very, very, very good. And it was on display last week, and now the best to, to his wife, and they're bringing twin boys in, into their household. They'll have three little boys uh, at home. That's awesome. But, you know, the fact that he's healthy and, and swinging the bat like we've watched from afar, 
Uh, it's great to see, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with the aforementioned guys we were talking about um, in the second half, because the Rockies still are not where they need to be offensively, you know, in several areas, but we're talking about the offense right now. They need to be better. They need to score more runs. We know they need to score more runs on the road. They need to hit more home runs, and, and we'll see how it, how it uh, you know, how much fruit that bears in the second half with a healthy Chris Bryant. I've I've been really impressed with his hit tool because again in Coors Field, which has a tendency to make batting champions, I think twenty twenty three. If you can get in on that bet early, Chris Bryant, you know, uh, winning a, a batting title, I very much could see that. His one tool that has impressed me the most actually has been his arm. He's got a very good arm. There's, there was a couple. There was one play. Uh, I want to say maybe in the last homestand, maybe right when he first came back, play at the plate. Thought it was that was pretty it was really solid throw. Definitely a big difference from when anyone else is out there in left field as well. Well, when he was drafted second overall at the University of San Diego, when you're drafted there, you're not going to be a one-trick pony. Now, he had prodigious power at the University of San Diego, hit 31 home runs, was the most anybody hit in the, in the BB Corps um, age uh, collegiately. But Chris Bryant is a really good athlete, runs really well. You mentioned the throwing arm. You meant we haven't even talked about the versatility because the Rockies just play him in left field. And you, I was talking to him the other day about this. Kind of misses, you know, being on the dirt and, play, and playing third base. So, yeah, he's not just a guy that that can hit the ball over the wall um, or hit for average. He he can do a lot of different things. But the the focus will primarily be on on his offense, understandably. Uh, but uh, you're going to see sometimes you know, a, a three hopper to short and all of a sudden you go, shoot, he, he almost beat that out or he did beat that out because he can run also. All right. People are going to want a little, little content after this. They're going to want some more Drew Goodman. Who have you got on the show this week? That's going to tie some folks because it's out. It's out right now. Thursday morning, it drops. I've already listened to this. Do you believe that in this conversation I'm having with you right now, I've already listened to it and yet it hasn't come out when you and I are talking. Yeah. This is a real space-time continuum situation. Who you got? Well, I, I think that you're always the first to listen every week, and you're great about doing that. I appreciate that, honestly. Uh, Clint Hurdle, remember we talked, we teased Clint a couple of weeks ago. You were gracious enough to do that, and it was an interview I did with him when we got together down in Miami. We also had him on the television broadcast, uh, but we talked all about what he's doing and his hand in in helping out at the minor league level. So uh, for, for all those folks out there that want to know about the next generation and the next generation of of Rockies, you're going to get uh, a really nice synopsis of uh, a number of players, some you've heard of, some perhaps you've not, from Clint. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have some other uh, surprises as well. But um we're going to have Clint on this week. We're going to have Jose Iglesias coming up, too, at some point because he has a you know a marvelous story in addition to producing his 1,000th hit. But thanks for that, man. Yeah, no, that that's exciting. The, the Clint one is great. We know with the draft coming up, perfect time, and you want to know what the next generation of Rockies this season, trade deadline, what's going on? Hey, does the farm system need something? Again, Clint is going to uh, break a lot of that good stuff down. And so now's the time where you're looking to the future. You're looking at some of those minor league guys. And, and uh, I think the podcast does a good job of that this week. So, uh, folks, make sure you check that out. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Make sure you're following him on Twitter as well, at DrewGoodman42. Thursday's series finale where the Padres need a win just to break even. 
at this point with the Padre, uh, with the Rockies. Excuse me, Kyle Freeland on the hill. He's four and seven with a four point seven zero ERA, but we know what he very much he is capable of for San Diego. Blake Snell one and five, four six six ERA, so slightly better than Freeland and. I think we know what he's capable of, the former American League Cy Young Award winner. So that's what's on tap before we get to the weekend series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But some of the interesting news in and around the game of baseball right now, some of the other Rockies news and notes that's super important to get to today before we close out the show, all about the Rockies. Well, Baseball America released their new top 30 prospect list for the Colorado Rockies. And one of the biggest jumps, Victor Juarez, we've talked about him a little bit here already on the DNVR Rockies podcast. He's a 19-year-old down there in Fresno, and he is now the number eight overall prospect. Jaden Hill has hung around at number nine, another starting pitcher like Victor Juarez for Jaden Hill. It's going to take him a while to stretch out, but the good news is, might not have been the numbers in the Arizona Complex League game that he pitched in his professional debut on Tuesday, where he only faced five hitters, gave up three hits, walked one, retired one. The result is not important. What's important is he debuted finally. Professional debut, as I mentioned. He had Tommy John surgery just before the 2021 MLB draft. The LSU right-hander wrote about him a little bit earlier in the season during spring training, caught up with him. Really nice young man. Really, really nice. Big kid, big guy. Rockies. Pretty much lucked out. He fell to the Rockies at the 44th overall pick there in the second round last season. He was lining up to be a first-round pick before elbow blew out, needed that Tommy John surgery. But he is one of those guys. It's going to take him a little bit of time just to build up the innings. We'll wait and see what happens if he does end up staying as a starter. If not, could be a powerful right-hander in the back of the bullpen. Either way, really good to see Jaden Hill back on a field now for the first time in a Rockies uniform. Lots more of the new and young international signings to get used to on this top 30. Going all the way from number 17, outfielder Yankeel Fernandez, all the way down to number 30, another outfielder Juan Guerrero, including a few who have yet to even play in America. Guy like Dion George, uh, their big international free agent signing in this past year, shortstop prospect. So uh, either way, they're very far from making an impact in Denver, it's one of the reasons why you're still, when you're looking at the the farm system rankings, the Rockies are so far down because their players have such a long way to go before they make an impact. And those players have such a long way to go that it's it's still not a given that they are going to be successful at the next level. There are two major jumps. The one that we mostly think of is going from the minors to the majors. You give good numbers in the minors. But is that going to translate to the majors where everybody else is that much better? There's a reason it's the major leagues. These are the best players in the entire game, close to 900 big leaguers at any given time. And so that's a big jump. But the second biggest one, or really the first one that players come encounter with right away in their career is that jump from high A to double A. That's the big one. And so the Rockies don't have very many of their best prospects at double A or above Ezekiel Tover, of course, being that top guy. And he was one where the top 100 list that was updated by baseball America. He's very high. He's now the 19th best prospect, according to baseball America, probably my favorite publication when it comes to trusting their eyes and ears and the work that they do. They've got a much larger team than I think anyone else out there. 
Uh, no diss on Kylie McDaniel, who does an amazing job for ESPN. Eric Longenhagen for Fangraphs. You got Keith Law from The Athletic, uh, as well as Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. You got two guys there, but Baseball America, they've got a slew of scouts and a few a slew of, of journalists that are out there doing the thing, pounding the pavement, talking to other scouts, talking to other teams. And they've got so many folks that are out there doing it, covering the college game, that they're the ones, if you're going to believe anyone, uh, I feel strongest with them. So it's nice to see Tovar there as the 19th best prospect. Zach Veen, no moving there, no fluctuation. He stays at 32. Drew Romo bumped up a bit to 33. We're seeing Adel Amador now. Now up to number 58. And Elahiris Montero enters the top 100 at 98. Absolutely love to see that. Love to see a couple new names who have entered in the fray for this year's Home Run Derby. We talked about it yesterday with Susie Pitalonzo, Ronald Acuna Jr., his second go-round. Actually lost to Alonzo in the second round back in 2019. Albert Pujols came out early and said he's going into the Derby for what will be his fifth time and first time in seven years. Juan Soto, second derby, saw him in Colorado last year. Kyle Schwarber, also his second derby. But now we've got Seattle Mariners rookie Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod. He's going to throw his hat in the ring and try to become really just the third rookie to ever win the home run derby after Aaron Judge in 2018 and Pete Alonso in 2019. Asterisk, in a sense, Wally Joyner was a co-winner with Daryl Strawberry back in 1986 before that became a really uh, big commodity, big property for Major League Baseball to spotlight their best players. He's the 14th rookie to ever participate in this event. A little surprised. I thought the number might have been a little bit higher than that. But keep in mind, Julio Rodriguez was just three months old when Albert Pujols made his Major League debut. Yes, we all should feel old for that. Charlie Montoyo out as the Blue Jays manager. Yes, the Jays were four games over 500, 46 and 42, but with the expectations heaped upon him by GM Ross Atkins and, and I think pretty much everyone else, just not good enough. Atkins even discussed like, you know what? I'm going to take some of this blame. It's a failure of of, of communication and, and, and getting the best out of our guys. So they go with a shift there. Real, real interesting time of the year to do this, especially when, again, when the, the Blue Jays are above 500, it's a pretty good thing in one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division, everybody in the AL East now 500 or better, but bench coach John Schneider takes over as the interim manager. His first time leading a club. One other thing I did want to point out, we talked about it, on Monday's live show, Tuesday's podcast with Todd Radom. The World Baseball Classic is coming back in 2023. Finally, I think 2017 was that last one. So six years, of course, that has to do with the pandemic. If you remember when it first started out, it was only three years between the first and second World Baseball Classic before they reshuffled it and said, hey, you know, three years is a little bit tight. Let's do it every four years. But uh, they go ahead and announce all the different locations for the World Baseball Classic. Of course, Chase Field down there in Phoenix will be one of those hosts from March 11th through 15th. 
They're hosting games in Pool C, which include the defending World Baseball Classic champion in the United States. Yes. Yes, we are still the champions of that one. Looking to go back-to-back would be fantastic. Canada also in Pool C, along with Mexico, Colombia, and a winner from the qualifier. Yeah, you actually do need to qualify. A lot of the same teams we see mostly, right? You got your your Venezuela and uh, Mexico, like I said. Uh, a lot of the other teams down in the, the Caribbean get you know automatic bids. But there are other teams out in... Europe, uh, Africa, or rather South Africa, uh, I know, uh, was South Africa had a team back in the first year of the World Baseball Classic in 2006. So baseball is really trying to branch out in these other locations. And there's actually qualifiers that go on all throughout the year and and in previous years. So while, you know, we know U.S. is going to get that that automatic bid, and as they very much should, just like Canada Canada, Mexico, Colombia, Venezuela, Japan, South Korea. Obviously, those are the biggest countries we think about when we talk about where the greatest baseball players of our generation of the past 50 years come from. So they get those automatic bids, but uh, those, those other qualifiers are really, really neat to see. They're still going on with some some former big leaguers or you know even just some some guys that you know they they might have topped out at at college but you know what they've uh, got it in their bloodlines and so they go back to the motherland as it were represent uh, their uh, their home nation or their family's uh, nationality and so it's it's uh, really neat no date yet for when tickets will go on sale for the 2023 world baseball classic but uh, gonna be pretty excited for that not sure if we'll do any coverage of that exactly really might depend on what members of the Rockies you know, are participating in that. We know Nolan Arenado was there uh, at one point. I think he was on that 2017 team. Jake McGee was also on that 2017 team, but uh, he was not a member of the Rockies at that point. A few other Rockies have played, whether they were active Rockies or otherwise, to represent their country. And so the uh, the international group that the Rockies have right now uh, are, are a pretty good group. You know, Jonathan Daza and, and Elias Diaz, Edmond Marquez, you know, representing Venezuela. Those those would all be, you know, players uh, welcomed back in a, in a very major way, or rather welcomed to represent the club because they are amongst the best at, at what they do out of that country. So uh, really awesome, diverse group. We know that the Rockies have, and uh, I hope to see some of them in the World Baseball Classic. I think that will be really fun to have that back, bring that juice, give a little extra distraction in a sense, in a good way uh, during that time in spring training when you know everyone's going to be settled this year in, in the middle of March. Everything was still breaking down. I mean, Randall Gritchick was just traded to the Rockies. Ryan McMahon got his extension. Like There were a lot of moving pieces, and that obviously had to do with the lockout, but Next year, everyone will get settled and they report to camp. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might take your eye off some of the position battles. We'll, of course, have that covered here on DNVR Rockies. But you know what? You'll get to enjoy some games that mean something. Yes, you know, they are somewhat of a glorified exhibition in a sense. Uh, But on the other hand, it's not because these guys want to win these games. They are going out at 100% at a time in which they normally don't. But we also know that a lot of hitters come to camp 
ready to go. They, they come in already in the best shape of their lives. It's really about the pitchers stretching them out. That's why spring training is six weeks because pitchers need that long to stretch out to be able to go at least five innings in their first start to open up April. Whereas the position players, they're essentially all ready to go. And that's kind of how it breaks down. So uh, always some good offense there in the World Baseball Classic. Coming back. It's coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun. And make sure you tune in again to tomorrow's post-game show between the Padres and Rockies. Susie will be there. We'll have a little bit of fun before uh, we might head over to uh, the Rhino Country Club. Have you heard about this? Yes. Check it out. You can actually get tickets for 10 bucks over on the uh, dnvr.com, where if you want to sign up, play some miniature golf with Susie and I, a couple other DNVR personalities. It's a really fun hangout there uh, in the River North area, not too far from the stadium, in fact. So you might go after the game, grab a bite to eat, and then head on down to the Rhino Country Club, but get your tickets over at the dnvr.com. Make sure you're following us at dnvr underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where you can get me at Twitter. DMs always open if you got questions, concerns, comments. Always love chatting up with you. If you're a member, you know, just reach out to me in the members only Discord. Susie is at the Susie Hunter. And I know I talk a little bit sometimes on these solo pods like a chicken with his head cut off. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So, of course, we will talk to you tomorrow.